0: Welcome back to the Edge Athlete Lounge Podcast. I'm Laura Ohms and hosting this episode today with Justin Belkey. Justin is a culinary director at a nonprofit in Chicago called Pilot Light. He's been bike racing from the age of 17 up to the present, and he actually raced at the collegiate level at UW-Madison. He is currently planning to race extensively this year. In fact, we were just discussing his race plan, and he has 23 races on the calendar this year. So we're so excited to have Justin on today to share a little bit of his story with us. Welcome, Justin.
1: Thank you. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Great. It's great to have you. So, Justin, I was thinking we could just start with you sharing a little bit of your athletic history with us. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, very traditional, played football in high school and basketball up through, uh, I think, my freshman year of high school. So, I feel like it was more out of like, going to play football, like, that's what you do type of right. thing. Like, that's kind of the family I grew up in. Uh-huh. But, like, I never, I can't really say I ever enjoyed it. I like the commitment side, like, the endurance and the the speed work we used to do. And I played running back. Um, so, like, it's funny because I was, like, 180 pounds in high school. And, like, was, you know, football all around, like, lifting weights. And, like... Things that are like totally opposite of cycling. Right. Um, that's a
0: huge contrast. Yeah. yeah. It's a
1: huge contrast. Um, but through football, it torn my ACL twice. Oh, that's right. such a bummer. Yeah. It was the worst kind of like, I mean, it, in some ways, it was good because it, um, when you have to rehab for eight months, when you're like 15, 16, 17 years old, you like kind of like learn a lot about your body and balance to have that happen, and at the time, it's, like, sports in high school, like, oh, it's everything, like, you're going to be, you know, you're going to turn pro.
0: Right, yeah, that's the (laughs) mentality, you're right.
1: So, but, like, through those um, ACL surgeries, I sort of found cycling, Hmm. because of what I, you know, especially with the last time, so the final time I tore it was my senior year, so it was, like, there was really nothing left in terms of sports. Mm Mm-hmm. And I really like the competition side of sports, and I was using a lot of cycling for rehab. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I couldn't do any sports that would allow me to sort of cut or plant; um, it was just out of the question. And I mainly because, like, I could get myself to that point, but I didn't really want to. Like, I didn't want to risk having another surgery. Right. Um, You've been there,
0: done that. You wanted to yeah. find something different, a little safer for your body, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So you know, in high school, end of high school, I started. I did my first mountain bike race um,
0: okay so you started competitively like pretty yeah. soon after you started cycling
1: yeah it, it was kind of like th- that's what's funny and I look back on it and I wish I sort of wish I would have done it a little differently but it was like get into cycling to start racing right away I was just really drawn to it the first race I actually did was a, a road race it was a hundred mile road race Like never, didn't have a. I borrowed a bike. I was like, (laughs)
0: I hear so many of these stories. Yeah, Yeah, I know it's funny. Places we start. It's Um, so funny.
1: It was like an ex girlfriend's dad's bike. That's amazing. Old school. (laughs) Like it worked. It was great. But like, you know, I think I was just like, this is awesome. I just rode my bike 100 miles. Yeah. And I did some mountain bike racing for a year, but I was like really drawn to the road. Mm. Um, So quickly found out when I. um. And I went to Madison.
0: Yeah. And so when you were 17 and you found cycling, were you just kind of doing it on your own? Did you have anybody coaching you or guiding you at yeah, all? Yeah, no,
1: I was just kind of doing it on my own. I had a couple friends who had done it. I had a friend who was a really good junior racer. Um, he got in a really bad crash. He got out of it. But he was kind of always there. He talked to me a lot about it. And then mm-hmm. another friend who sort of kind of helped. But I never really found a coach until later, mm-hmm. like um, until I was in college.
0: Yeah. And so you went to UW-Madison with the plan to cycle there? Not at all the plan, which is funny,
1: but uh, (laughs) I knew they had a a pretty active club team. Uh, So it was interesting as UW-Madison is a division one school, obviously. So they race division one cycling. And so a lot of the programs in the Midwest, there's a lot of like actual collegiate programs in the Midwest for cycling. So we'd race against all those schools. It's like people who were pros still in school. Wow. We at these races, and it was, like, sort of their warm-up, but, like, for, you know, me and some other people, like, you know, we had people on our team who were at that caliber, too, and it was, like, it was great competition, yeah. But, you know, I went to UW-Madison just because I wanted to be a Badger. (laughs) Um, Great reason. Yeah, um, and, like, kind of the same thing, like, you go to Madison, like, you live in Wisconsin, you really want to go to Madison, like, that's... Yeah. So, the environment, and... Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Okay, great. I forgot you... you, So, you grew up in Madison.
1: I grew up in uh, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But from Wisconsin. From Wisconsin, yeah. yeah. Um, so, state loyalty there. Very (laughs)
1: loyal.
0: Yeah. So, um, all right. So, yeah, you, you dabbled in some sports and then you found cycling when you were 17, um, continued at the college level, which is pretty amazing. Um, but, you know, we've talked a little bit before and I know you've been confronted with specific challenges. I guess I would say I'll let you talk more about it. Starting at a pretty young age throughout your athletic career that, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody experiences – and yet, there are people that experience this and and I think one of the reasons we want to do this podcast is to kind of get the story out there and to let people know that they're not alone if you know when they're facing these particular challenges. So can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, so it's interesting i I feel like i growing up the years leading up to like maybe being twelve, I was always like a little overweight from my age. It was like uh in a lot of ways, I feel like. I don't remember specific instances, but I would get made fun of for it. Like, Mm. not because, and by friends, too. Like, just, like, I feel like that's what, you know, 11-year-old boys do. But (laughs) Unfortunately. Yeah, right, unfortunately. Like, they shouldn't do that. I feel like that could be a whole other podcast. Uh, (laughs) It could. uh, um, But, you know, I think it really struck home, like, around when I was, like, 6th grade, 12 years old, um, where I was just, like, extremely unhappy with the way it looked. Hmm. And, like, I don't, you know, it was a long time ago, so I don't remember much about, like, pro- I remember specifics around just, like, not eating. Maybe hmm. yeah,
0: at the age you were in when sixth I was grade? Sixth oh. grade, yeah. Okay. Wow. Like,
1: I would, like, just not eat, and I lost a bunch of weight, and, hmm. like, it felt good. It wasn't for the right reasons at all. I mean, like, and so I was so. Obsessed with the things I was putting in my body, which is something, you know, I could tie it to a lot of things. I could tie it to instability that was around me growing up, um, which probably, you know, like a lot of therapists taught me that's probably what the cause was. But like it kind of looped itself into into my life for, you know, it wasn't that long. I would say when it was like a summer, Mm -hmm. it was like when until like school started up again. When okay. there was, like, a routine and I was back.
0: Sure. So it was kind of just, a like, a season of life you would see it when you mm-hmm. were younger.
1: But, like, I, I think what happened was I got to a position where I was happy with my body. And, like, mm, I, I, see. like found, I found, like, the solution. And, like, I just sort of, like, learned how to manage it.
0: Uh-huh. And did anybody know this was going on mm. for you? I mean, family, friends, anybody notice or say anything?
1: No. I mean, definitely not. Which is, yeah, which is kind of telling to the point of where, and like the adults in my life and how unconnected they were to me. Sure. And like my needs at the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
0: absolutely. Yeah. Because as a kid, you, you know, we can't, uh, uh, we can't always take care of ourselves when we have needs that are that greater that we don't understand. And so Mm, it is the responsibility of adults around us to help us out. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that was, so through high school, everything was fine, like, okay. it was, like, the opposite, like, really, really tied into, again, like, the football scene, and, like, that was, like, the image, and, like, that's what you did, and, like, maybe in some ways, you know, there wasn't a, an obsession, but, like, a desire to, like, achieve something, like, with that related to body and like Mm -hmm. the outcome of it but it wasn't there was nothing to do like eating was not a problem like that was not an issue for me um
0: but you would you say you were self-focused on your body and what it looked like or not necessarily in high school not really I
1: mean not that I remember that's the thing I don't you know it's interesting those like four years I don't remember a great deal of I don't know why yeah that is interesting yeah I just recently talked to my wife about this and like, yeah, I don't, like, remember much from high school. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's,
0: like, telling – that seems informative. I don't know what it's informing us of. Well, but, yeah, I mean, I yeah. think
1: it's, again, like, ties into an instability that existed around me. Like, I don't sure. I don't want to remember it. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, I like, sort of, like, re- it repressed it a little bit. Yeah, um, I can understand that. But, yeah, you know, like, so, and th- you know, I found, again, this, this appeared in my life when things were, like, very – when I left basically – When I went to college. Okay. So it was interesting because it kind of came side and side with me getting really into cycling. Hmm. So I'm, you know, and this is something I I still am yet to, like, decide and figure out. But if the the two are, they, like, were related, definitely. Like, I think cycling and the culture around me fueled this um, an eating disorder within me. Mm -hmm. Like, that existed from the past, and um, it was a way to, like, control, Uh find control in my life. But also, like, it tied into, like, being really depressed um, at the time, like, in my early 20s. I became so obsessed. And it's really bad when you're doing endurance sport, to, like, when you're not eating enough calories, right? Like, so I just, you know, I specifically remember, and this I do remember a lot of, and, you know, being, having, like, gone from high school where I was, like, 175 pounds, 180 pounds playing football to, like, getting into cycling and, like, having natural weight loss from that because, like, you're not lifting anymore, you're...
0: Sure, totally different sport, different training workouts. Right, right. Yeah.
1: And, like, like moving to a far more liberal city and, like, finding all these, like, new food trends and, like, being... I just remember being really confused about, like, what I was supposed to eat, Hmm. how I was supposed to eat, like, how much I was supposed to eat, and I became, Mm -hmm. like, pretty obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And this
0: is... You remember this pretty clearly, like, freshman year... Yeah, like
1: second half of freshman year. Okay. Yeah, which is when I was getting really into racing. Mm. So I became so obsessed with like working out, like training, and eating like nothing.
0: Wow. Just to put this out there too, um, Justin has done like a ton of work around all of this. And so, you know, that's why he's comfortable sharing today. And of course, there's always work moving forward. But um, Mm. yeah, he's, he's really dug in the last how how many years like four say? years four years yeah. yeah and and done a lot of yeah hard work to yeah support and, himself. you know
1: and like it's everyone has their own story like I yeah. can't speak and then it's very unique I mean mm-hmm. can't speak to everyone and I mean obviously there's varying degrees of this but yeah I mean this is you know relevant to me and I think everyone has a story to tell so I mean to kind of go back into it maybe yeah. a little bit it's like um so that was kind of, sort of the end of my freshman year of college. So that was 2000, um, 2009.
0: And can I ask you at that time? I mean, when I think of somebody on a collegiate level sport team, like I, th- cause I wasn't, I did some intramurals, but I think of like the team going out together and, and yeah. doing meals together. And was that part of your team experience? Yeah. And it, did anybody notice you weren't eating?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I think I, so, you know, UW-Madison was a club team, so there was, like, varying degrees of, like, levels of competition and, like, you could be a part of. Mm-hmm. That's, like, all of collegiate, like, cycling, which I think is really cool. It's not like one – There's not like you're, you're a college football player. Uh-huh. Uh, gotcha. Like, collegiate yeah. cyclists, like, not everyone starts <laughs> the same. So – but that said, like, there were a group of us who were close, and I think the, the following year, my sophomore year, um, I would do things, I think – Really well to cover it up, so I feel like people wouldn't notice. Like I would like peck my own food, or like mm. just not really like draw attention to the food I was eating. I mean, I think looking back, you know, I sort of like had looked back on some old Facebook photos, and I was like, wow, like I was one hundred and thirty pounds. Wow, it was like, like it was, uh, it was pretty startling. That's pretty, to like pretty look back low. on it.
0: Low, absolutely. And when you look back on that, um. Was that quite a contrast to your other teammates?
1: Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah.
0: What about your? What about coach or coaches?
1: So interesting about that. Like, I found the one coach that I found later. I I want to say it was mid my sophomore year. Okay. Was sort of like a, a huge transition for me. Like this was post. That was like my way of saying, okay, I need to get my life together. Like, I need to figure this out. Mm-hmm. So I, I found the second coach I found was that person. I mean, I didn't tell him about it, but he knew. Like, I feel like he knew.
0: When you say you found a coach, were you find so a coach not at the college? Somebody? Yeah. So we didn't have
1: we didn't have a specific coaches. Oh. We, we 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 outsourced like. Uh, the coach I had, he was, a a pro cyclist. He raced for Marion University in Indiana. Okay. Um, and then, um, he was sort of like doing some coaching on the side.
0: So how did you find him?
1: Uh, his girlfriend at the time was racing for UW Madison. Okay. Um.
0: So you had some sort of connection. It was like, yeah,
1: right. Yeah. Uh, but when I first met with him, he like, I just remember him being like, you're so small like i mean i mean i feel like he's seen it before i mean i think it's not it's not uncommon to see endurance athletes who, who are super tiny and like right like to the point i shouldn't say super t- but like to the point where it's like like unhealthy. you see bones like it's unhealthy yeah. like
0: do you feel like looking back he said it to you in that sense like he noticed right? yeah like, this is unhealthy and but this is direct about it
1: yeah and you know like Sort of like offered this insight of like, we gotta gain some, you have to gain some weight, and like uh-huh. just like encourage that. And it made it like totally acceptable. Okay. Um, so
0: his like approach and just being direct and saying what he saw was actually helpful for you,
1: yeah. It was really helpful. Um, because up until that point, it was like, you know, there was times where again, like I was just scared of gaining weight, yeah. Like I was, you know, like. Like, probably, like, no body fat. Mm. Like, and I would, like, just not eat and then have these, like, insane just, like, binges of, like, because my body was so deprived of, like, sugars and, like, the things I needed. Right. Especially after riding your bike for, like, three hours. Yeah. Like, I would eat food. It's not like I wouldn't eat anything, but it would be, like...
0: Very minimal, very as minimal, minimal. as you could be. Yeah. So did you have other physical side effects? I mean, such as like fatigue or like, how were you able to do a three-hour yeah. bike ride? And fatigue natty. was
1: huge. Yeah, mm-hmm. my performance was like not, not very good. I would like, you know, manage. At that point, I was like racing in the mid-level category. And so I would like be able to manage a race, but like I just wouldn't recover. And I would be so tired just be so tired. And, I mean, part of it was, like, being really depressed and, like, not knowing how to manage that. And so, like, in, you know, eventually it was, like, you would get these, like, things I do remember, the most vivid things I remember about it is, like, having, to feel like I had to eat, like, a ton of food, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, because I was, just felt tired and I needed, like, energy. And, like, I remember, like, this one time, like, eating a bunch of uh shakes and they were like I had I was like it was so random like I was like just going to a friend's house and I was like I really need some sugar uh and so I stopped and I ordered one and I ordered another and I ordered another Mm -hmm. and I ate them all and I was like I felt awful yeah I bet and like I was like this is crazy like you know but it you know it wasn't it didn't change anything.
0: Yeah. When you say you thought this is crazy, like, were you conscious of that at the time? Like, aware, like, this is off. Or were you, yeah. do you feel like you were so much in the mode of just, I think I was just know, in the mode. It was, like, yeah. it was control.
1: Like, it was yeah, complete control sure. over, like, mm-hmm. my body and my life. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, you would step outside those boundaries. And, like, that's what felt crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I do that? You know, like, you know, I don't blame myself for it sure and those episodes would happen you know for like six more months this was probably my uh yeah mid college mid sophomore year and Mm -hmm. you know it kind of got to a point where you I would do this essentially and like feel just like awful I mean obviously if you like suddenly eat like 2,000 calories you're gonna (laughs) not feel great right
0: absolutely Um, yeah it sounds miserable um
1: But, you know, I remember this night, like, I, you know, it was was interesting because I lived with five other guys in college my sophomore year, and no one was home, and I, like, had one of these episodes again, and, like, I I think I ate, like, a bunch of cereal, something like that. Like, it was sweet, right? Mm -hmm. Like, my body craved that. Mm -hmm. I, like, got done, and, like, I went, you know, I went in the bathroom and made myself throw up, and I was, like, that was, like, it was, like, night and day from, like, that night to Uh the next day where I was, like. It was just done. Meaning like
0: like that was just a turnaround point for you. Yeah, like I was
1: like, I can't do this anymore. Um, So So like
0: that was kind of your rock bottom moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like rock bottom for like, you know, the sort of like sort of eating side of it. Okay, um, sure. I feel like I still had a lot to do at that point. Like I didn't do any work around it. I just said, oh, got to move on from this. Okay. There's interesting. No so no work done around it.
0: Okay. So no therapy, no support, Mm-mm. but just you deciding. Hey, I'm not going to be doing this anymore. Meaning, like the right, binging. Right. Are you. So did you start eating a little more healthfully at that time?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I. I think I found like, you know, in in some regards, I think there's a period where I was like still in this sort of disorder of eating phase where I was. I just found something that felt more healthy. Okay. Um but I was eating, I mean, at least I, I think I was eating enough like calories for what I was doing.
0: Okay. So yeah, you upped your calories,
1: but I was like, just, you know, and so I gained like, you know, I, at that time I, I found a coach, um, and like within a month I gained like 20 pounds.
0: Wow. That's a huge jump. It was
1: really crazy. Um, so like, you know, gaining a bunch of weight, um, but, like, I feel like it was easy to do that because I was so deprived of, right, like, everything.
0: Right. So it was – so your body and mind was okay with that at that point, the gaining 20 pounds? Do you remember feeling, like, okay about that? or? What, yeah, I yeah. think I
1: felt good about it because I was seeing, like, results from cycling.
0: Okay, so your performance like connecting increasing. Connecting it, yeah. yeah.
1: And maybe, like, to back up, too, like, you know, I'm thinking about this and, like – you know, it's interesting – while I'm talking about this, that, like, no one said anything, you know? I'm always fascinated by that, you know? Because to go from a high schooler who was, like, 40 pounds heavier, like, to, like, somebody who, like, you know, could see my bones and, like, I was super tiny, Mm -hmm. um, like, to the point where it was was really unhealthy. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I – I don't know in what way, shape, or form, but I had side effects from that for, like, years.
0: Absolutely. How could you not? Like, my energy –
1: fatigue, Mm. like,
0: that, that stayed with you for a while. Yeah, that stayed with me
1: for a very long time. So,
0: um, so I'm just thinking, you know, you're, you're saying, wow, it's crazy. Nobody said anything. So what do you think would have been helpful for somebody to say Mm. to you at that point?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it would have like, it's obviously an uncomfortable thing to bring up, right? Sure, if which you have is probably someone, why
0: people don't. I right. think so. This will be,
1: I mean, helpful. I remember, you know, and this kind of is a test to like um, this, that support system, but like family members were saying, like, oh, you're so skinny. You're so like, like judging, you know, like judging. Okay. Yeah. So um, saying it in sort of a negative yeah, way. Yeah. Very negative. So, I mean, like, to Have heard it from like a perspective of like I'm worried about you. Sure, you know, like yeah. that perspective. I think would have been like, uh, like, you
0: might have been able to hear that.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe. maybe Who knows? Yeah. I mean, maybe in, in the moment, probably not. Right, mm-hmm. because it was so like nothing's wrong. Like this is right. I'm in control of this. Right. Uh, this is mine. My... You
0: in your own space. Right. But it still would have been nice for somebody to yeah. have reached out to notice and ex- at least express concern and and you're right everybody's story is different in terms of when they're open and willing to acknowledge something Mm -hmm. and make the choices themselves to change but at least could have maybe provided an opening
1: yeah I mean and you know if anything it just you know to to like not have had repercussions from it for a long time like and to still like and to get help early on like to have a bit more support around like just like this like how do I eat foods? (laughs) Right.
0: So you're just saying like in retrospect, yeah, man, that would have been nice to have people Mm -hmm. that were looking out for you and acknowledging what was going on. Right. Yeah. So let's fast forward to how you finished up your college career then.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, um, I kept racing and you know, my results got better, uh, kept going up in categories. Um, I was still like, you know, like, I feel like a, a lot of 20-year-olds, like, kind of lost still. Mm. So this this is where things get, I think, really interesting is um, I started really thinking about, like, a career in food, like, and what that meant. Wow, um, interesting. So, like, I think I, you know, I kept racing, and then I got really, really into this, like, idea of food and sustainability and building community around food. And I looked, you know, I actually, i f- was super drawn to, like, working in the restaurant industry and, like, being a chef. Uh, this is, like,
0: towards the end of your college it This career?
1: is, like, right at the end. This is, like, junior year. And so I, near the end of junior year, and I actually I dropped out of college. Okay. I was, like, I... Because I was, like, you know, I was in these classes where I would learn, you know, we would talk about, like, what can we do to support the sustainability within our communities and, like, create infrastructure around food systems? and And I was, like... Like, I'm not doing it here. I felt very empowered to, like, go be a part of the system. And I sort of just followed that.
0: You wanted to be hands-on and making the impact in the moment. Yeah, right. Yeah. But,
1: you know, it's it's so fascinating to look back on it and think, like, that transformation of, like, my relationship with food and how it changed over time.
0: Yeah, it's quite shocking, actually. I mean, I, I knew you were a culinary director, but to really put all these pieces together that you – have struggled with food for so long and you chose a career in food
1: yeah it's really interesting I mean um and it, it was a pretty healthy one too in terms of like yeah I mean like it you was know, interesting uh to think about like restaurant life and like how busy you are and like in restaurants like you were so busy like you wouldn't eat like, that was a thing, you know? Like you and can't... is
0: that what you did for a while? You were in the
1: restaurant? Yeah, the yeah. So it was industry? like, okay. you know, like, if you really... And some of this, I'm unraveling as we talk about it. Where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, like, if you want to, like, say, what was wrong with that? Like, that's really messy. You know, like, that is completely wrong to, like, work 16 hours and eat, like, one meal.
0: Yeah. So, so in a sense, um, though you were, you know, confronting this object that you struggled with, it was still present as a challenge in your life
1: yeah and i mean i used but like you know at the time in early 20s like restaurants were an easy such an easy place to like hide because Mm. you'd work so much and like you were just on this mission to like be a really great chef to go to different parts of the world and train and like Mm. i mean it was easy to like hide from any other issues i had and like sort of just run away from them that makes a lot of sense i mean yeah it's Which, I mean, that's an uncommon story. Like, Mm -hmm. you hear that a lot in the restaurant industry. Chefs are more open about it now. Huh. About, like, talking about... I didn't know that,
0: actually. That's really fascinating, huh?
1: You kind of hear, you know, you hear a lot more chefs talk about, like, you know, it's hard to believe you wouldn't get depressed if you're working every day, every night. Mm. Like, you don't see your family. You, you know, you, you don't see your friends. You miss out on so many things it was an interesting trans- transition because it consumes it. And, you know, I realized in like in my early twenties and still now, like I needed those things that were consuming. I just learned how to balance them a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, you've since learned how then to balance I guess. Them. Yeah. I mean, then it was like, it was one sided. It was like one thing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do the thing that takes me away from my problems the most, mm-hmm. um, you know, and whether it was cycling or it was working in restaurants. Mm-hmm. Both act as as very similar vessels for me. Mm. And then you know you throw in like all the other things with like um, eating and you know control and like yeah it was a, it was kind of a mess for a while. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: wow, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's you can say that now, but in the moment, it sounds pretty miserable. Yeah, to be so consumed by by some of those things. Mm-hmm. So then, um. I know you eventually decided to get support. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was, it's recent. You know, it took me a long mm-hmm. time. I feel like I didn't, you know, I hadn't talked with anyone really, exception of two people maybe, about, like, the fact that I had um, what I would consider an eating disorder. And, mm-hmm. like, like that part of my life was, like, I was just ashamed of. Um, like, I didn't want to go back to it. I Almost, feel like,
0: was there a little bit of, like, it's too painful to go yeah, back and rehash. Yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. Like,
1: that, you know, to think that that was... I just didn't want to accept that it was an issue. Mm-hmm. Like, it had been a problem. Um, and, like, it took me such a long time to open up to anyone about it. And, like, I think, you know, I don't... want to say probably my partner, Eva, was the first person I told. But it wasn't, like... It took me a long time. It was probably, like three years into our relationship before I told her. It was, like, a really long time. The part of my life I just didn't talk about. I left that piece out. Like, it was, like, oh, it was in... Before Mm -hmm. I met her, it was, like, we met near the end of college, right when I was leaving, and she was um, finishing her senior year. It was, like, oh, yeah, before I met you, I was... I raced bikes, and, you know, I was really into that at that time. And, like... So what
0: prompted you to, to tell her or anybody else after that?
1: I think it was, like, I don't... I don't know. I mean, I mm. feel like I wanted to get off my chest. Yeah, and like, you,
0: it sounds like you'd built enough trust. Like, it right, took three right, right. years. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was, like, another thing of, like, just not really having trust in like, building mm. – and, like, having trust with many people at all. Um, so you just kind of hold these things inside and, like, like, just deal with them. And, like, just – that was normal. Um, in your world, that was normal. In, in, yeah, right. In my mm. world, it was just completely normal. And so, you know, it wasn't until, like – three four years ago oh not even that it was like three years ago before i really started like digging deep into it Mm -hmm. like unraveling some of the pieces and like just kind of like giving a face to like what was going on then to like you know it helped a lot to like accept it and to like understand it i bet it
0: was i mean i'm discussing somewhat freeing too yeah Uh,
1: yeah yeah i mean it was completely free it was like and to like look back at other points in my life, and say like, to like, was that a problem? Was that not a problem? Like, was you know like my obsession with something, and to like really think about like this idea of control and like my coping mechanisms, hmm. like and how those tied into like what was going on. How did
0: you find the therapist you were working with?
1: Um, you know, I found her through an organization here called Urban Balance. She's been so helpful um and like you know just like allowing me to like see those things as for what they were yeah and to like move on from them
0: are there any insights in particular that you found like most enlightening through the work that you've done
1: to sort of like find balance mm-hmm. like i think you know you could tie this in you know it's in you know we could tie this into athletes I think it's important. You could tie it into anyone. Like, if you don't have balance, it's extremely hard to be happy. You're, you know, you're not going to have, and, like, everyone's balance is different. For me, it was, like, I was working so much or, like, was so consumed by something that, like, I wasn't happy. And it was almost like a, I don't know, like, some dynamic that was, like, a punishment to myself, like, to have to be, like, I had to do all these things to get this, to be rewarded to, like, take a day off or, like, mm. that, like, mechanism and that complex existed everywhere in my life So like, I figured out how to sort of, like, break free of it and, like, be okay with who I was, like, mm. and who I was going to be and who I wanted to be.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like a lot a lot of acceptance, too. <laughs> right. Was a part of, yeah, that yeah, healing process.
1: Acceptance and, like, um, taking people out of my life that weren't providing me with the things... I wanted
0: yeah like creating the support system that yeah. you need moving forward yeah it's like
1: why you know and like why keep some people in my life that were causing pain hmm. and like had caused a lot of you know a lot of that pain
0: hmm. that must have been extremely challenging yeah to walk s- through that process still is <laughs> I bet um, Yeah.
1: yeah no you know it's interesting I I've yeah that I mean that process is I think ongoing forever
0: I mean, I just hear you talking about boundaries, and, like, as adults, we have to create healthy boundaries for ourselves, and, yeah, that sometimes is an extremely painful and sad process, but you have to come back to what's best for you and your health.
1: Yeah, and it's just sort of about, like, figuring that out, and, you know, for me, it was, like, I felt like I, and it wasn't true for everyone in my family, like, so I can't speak to everyone being that way and wanting everyone out of my life. Sure. Sure. But, like, in particular, a few people who it was, like, yeah, I mean, like, building those boundaries and building that system, like, mm. it was, like, it needed to happen because I wasn't able to move on or, mm. like, deal with this stuff unless if I didn't do something.
0: Yeah, like, that was a pretty <clears throat> foundational part of your yeah. work, so.
1: And, yeah, it, the work and, like, figuring out that it tied into – Everything that has happened mm-hmm. in some capacity,
0: yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. That's, that sounds like a super significant part of your story and mm-hmm. what you've recently been working on. Um, well, I have a couple questions that are coming to mind mm-hmm. for you. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit about athletes. What and we know that there are athletes that struggle with, you know, dysfunctional eating or maybe they would call it eating disorder, maybe not, but two questions. I'll give them both to you Mm -hmm. right now. And you can think about how you want to respond. But one is just how, what you would say to support an athlete that is, you know, currently struggling, um, with some of the issues that you've described. And then the other question is how would you support, um, people in the athlete world that know of a friend or family member that is struggling. So I, you kind of mentioned that a little bit earlier, yeah. I guess. But those are the two <clears throat> questions I'm thinking that would be just neat for our listeners to hear. If you have insights on yeah.
1: this. Um, I mean, I think it's it's important, like, as an individual to, like, figure out for yourself if it is a problem. Yeah. If you're able to do that. I mean, I think that's huge. Even if there's, like, a a little bit of you that's like, this, like, isn't normal like it doesn't feel like you know and it doesn't feel like I should feel this way or I should be this um consumed by the things I'm putting in my body mm-hmm. um and you know if that is something like I think it's important to tell someone you trust like it's really important to, it doesn't have to be someone who it can be a friend it can be anyone like that that step is huge mm-hmm. and like if you if you feel like you know someone who's in that position I think it's important to like create a safe space, to like allow that person to to open up. And I mean, like, I you know, this obviously comes with variations of like how severe a problem like this could be. Ex- you're um, right. There's
0: a huge spectrum. Yeah. So
1: like, if obviously if it's like okay, this is really bad, then it's severe, and this person's really unhealthy. Then, I mean, I feel like you have to go straight to like medical help. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm
0: glad you mentioned that because right, that those situations are true and real and it's important to know that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, and just speaking from my experience, like it's easy to cover it up. Hmm. Like, It's super easy. And that person living with that, with that um, disorder like they're not going to necessarily be that accepting of the fact that they have it Mm -hmm. it's normal to them like they see themselves and like like you know at least i shouldn't say they like i you know speaking from my experience like saw myself as like needing to be that way right um and needing to fit that certain that image
0: yeah so so if you're a person on the outside looking in a try to create a safe space for that person if possible you know if they're Um, willing. Um, but then B you're just saying if, if it's a clearly a dangerous situation, seek expert advice or Mm -hmm. medical assistance for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and for anybody out there who, who is, you know, confronting these challenges, it sounds like your, your number one support is just share with somebody you trust, find somebody to open up to.
1: Yeah. And, you know, really important.
0: Yeah. That's what, that's how you started on your road to Mm -hmm. recovery. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, is there anything else that, uh, we haven't covered today that you wanted to make sure that you shared?
1: You know, for me, it's like, it's great to talk about this. Hmm. Um, I, I think more so for other people to like hopefully hear it and to like, you know, sit, sit on it and just to, like, allow themselves, if they are struggling with something like this, that, like, a lot of people struggle with it. And, you know, I think it's interesting to speak from a perspective of, like, a like to be a man and, like, talk about this. Right. Um, yes.
0: We haven't... We didn't say that right out, but...
1: someone is, identifies as, like, a... I guess identifies as a man. Well, like, sure. Um, like, it's not a common thing that men talk about. I think it's, you know, you need to, like, if it's a problem. And yeah. Like, if you feel like think it's an important thing we need to discuss like in you know because a lot of men do struggle with this right yeah
0: yeah so you're saying shine a light on it which is what you're doing today on the podcast so we're super appreciative of that you know just as an athlete community and i know others out there listening are as well um so but great point it does seem like they're um There maybe tends to be more talk um, about the eating disorders in the female world when it is absolutely a a critical issue for males as well. Gosh, I think we covered a lot, and I think we're going to wrap up here. Sometimes I like to finish with an athlete sharing a favorite mantra they have while they're maybe training or racing, (laughs) Justin's giving me a face like, okay, I didn't think about this ahead of time. Um, Um, But maybe is there anything that's just like, you know, really supports you on those hard training days or when you're out there racing? Something that comes to mind?
1: Yeah, um, (laughs) it's interesting. I I feel like um, I often think a lot about, maybe this is cliche, but I think I try and like think about not being too serious. Like, I think it's super important not to be too serious, hmm. especially, you know, I feel like athletes where this is reaching, like it's a good chance you won't go pro. That's okay. Like just have fun. It's really about having fun and like finding the joy in the process. Yeah. Um, because like, you know, I talk with a lot of people who are like, I really want to get into bike racing or like do, you know, any sort of endurance event and like, And one hand, it's, like, that's awesome. That's so great. Like, you should do that. But, like, you got to enjoy the whole thing Hmm. because, like, a lot of the training is sometimes not that fun, right? You know, it's, like, it can be really beautiful and take you a lot of places, um, but it's... It's challenging, so like just kind of like finding the joy in the process, I think yeah, it's really important.
0: I love that finding the joy in the process. And you, um, to circle back to the beginning, um, I mentioned you have 23 races on your calendar this yeah. year, <laughs> um, which is amazing, uh, and shows a great intention, um, but that's something that, um, Wow, to have that many races on the calendar, I would have to imagine that you you have to be finding joy in the process to yeah. keep <laughs> to keep yeah. on keeping on through that.
1: I, it's great. I mean, it's I found a lot of joy recently in the process, and I also found a really in the last year and a half, two years, I found a, a really great like cycling culture here mm-hmm. and community that like I'm super excited to be a part of, and so I feel like I'm just inspired to like do like really well this year and to like just be out there and like engage with the community and just ride bikes
0: thanks to Justin for being with us today and sharing part of his journey with us what a hope-filled story the shifts that have taken place in his life are incredible and the trajectory of his career and athletic ambitions are inspiring I know it's our joint desire that his story is one of hope and encouragement for anyone in the athlete world confronting dysfunctional eating patterns, eating disorders, and challenges associated with body image. We want you to know that you're not alone and can get support, just as he chose to do when he was ready. So take care of yourselves out there and strive to find that balance that Justin referred to, whatever that means for you, and of course, joy in the process along the way. And if you'd like to keep up with everything happening at Edge, please follow Edge Athlete Lounge on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we'll be back next month with a new episode.